Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, hi, welcome. Welcome to the program. It's a Monday. I'm chilled for some reason. It's November 18th, back from the windy city of uh, Chicago. Uh, it's such a beautiful city if you're driving up the lake shore. And uh, Saturday night I was, and I turned at one point with Lake Michigan on my left, and at night it was, and the city all lit up and beautiful on the right. And I said to my companions, I said, gee, this city is so beautiful. And just as I said it, the we we were absolutely parallel to what my eye took in, what I couldn't unsee, was the word Trump in like huge, huge letters, obviously a Trump Tower. It was in the distance, but God, it was like getting sucker punched. <laughs> it was like, I can't even enjoy this beautiful view without you intruding on that. And then, of course, there were the, um, there, there were the awkward conversations with, uh, other members of uh, the extended family who uh, clearly think Trump's doing an excellent job. Um, wow. Just wow. And the hushed conversations with others about how none of it matters because the environmental issue is the most important thing and maybe we should start looking to buy land where there's fresh water and north where it won't be as hot and remote where, yeah, let's just all become the Unabomber. I'm just going to get a, I don't know. Jeez. So, I, I'm afraid I'm becoming increasingly speechless. I, 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 I am fearful of that. I don't know what else to say, I, that I'm still stunned by the shamelessness of the Republicans. I, I, I'm just, I have to admit, I feel like a child. I feel like a child trying to understand what, what's going on. And I can't put it together in any way that makes me comfortable. So anyway, I got a bunch of stuff here that I thought I might be able to talk about without getting suicidal. And we'll, we'll give it a shot, okay? Um, although, actually, as I see what I've got here, there's no way it's not going to make me suicidal. <laughs> I, just, my, 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 I just went down here and I've been here. Have you been hearing? Listen, here's the quote. Hillary Clinton has said, this is Hillary, many, many, many people have been pleading for her to enter the Democratic presidential race. I have not been one of them, I can assure you. And Hillary's response to 
these people coaxing her to get in is I, as I say, never, never, never say never. I was totally behind her four years ago. I don't want her in now. I, I, I just, I don't want her in. Did you see the president claiming that his daughter, Ivanka, has created 14 million jobs single-handedly? I mean, I th what? I mean, what? 14 million jobs. Ivanka created single-handedly. And we're not throwing her a ticker tape parade? Jeez. Anyway, someone crunched the numbers and said that if she created 14 million jobs, that means that she <coughs> deserves credit for a 233% for a staggering 233% of the 6 million jobs created in the actual period there've been 6 million jobs created if she created 14 million then uh, uh that would be a 200 i mean there there is no reality in this world none and <clears throat> I don't think you can have a going concern uh, privately politically relationshiply uh, socially why any way if it's not based on reality Trump went to the hospital this weekend. Unscheduled medical checkup. What the hell do you think that was? Hmm? Because you know that whatever they're telling us is a lie. I mean, that, that is a given. It's a lie. So I wonder if all the stress is getting to him in some way. I wonder. Um, we'll never know. But uh, because, of course, the report is, uh, as I said, a lie. And, um, and we are told that he remains extraordinarily healthy, extraordinarily energetic. What it is, this, this, this Stepford wife who is his, um, his press secretary now, she said something about how... He gets up. He is amazingly uh, energetic. He works so hard. He is up at 6 a.m. He only gets four. I, I, it's just, he's a sloth. A cheeseburg-eating sloth. New York Times had a great story yesterday. Um, I don't have the uh, 
specifics here, but check it out. It was a front page story on um, how Trump's, you know, tax cut, how it was touted as, you know, the trickle down thing where if we give this big, big, big tax cut to uh, corporate America, what they're going to be able to do then is turn around and invest that money that would have gone to the Treasury, reinvest it into their businesses, creating jobs, reinvesting it, buying new equipment, making a stronger economy, trickling it down, spreading it around. And the article specifically is about how the chair of FedEx pulled out all the stops to help push that tax cut into reality. The year before the tax cut, ta uh, FedEx had paid something like, I don't know. See, now here I don't have a thing in front of me, so I can't remember the numbers. Let's just say $17 million in taxes, okay? After Trump's tax cut, FedEx, which you have to believe is probably doing better than you are financially. You know how many uh, dollars FedEx paid last year? In taxes to help support this country. Yeah. Zero. And you want to know what else? All of that money, that 17 mil or whatever, would have gone into the Treasury from FedEx before Trump's gift. Well, we understood that that was then at least to be invested, reinvested in FedEx, creating more jobs. Not a one. That money, as we know, could have told anybody wasn't reinvested in the business. It was put into the pockets of the people who already have so much in their pockets. It's amazing they can get out of a chair without having a... Now, speaking in generalities like, you know, the rich, the reality is there are rich people who are socially conscious and really do try to use the money that has come to them in a socially responsible way, like to spread it around, they're philanthropic. There's a lot of people that do do that. Unfortunately, there's a lot more who don't. Did you see that um, there is a new startup in Silicon Valley catering to these deplorable rich and their company sells blood plasma the blood plasma of young people to old rich people essentially transfusions so here's here's their business model in the Silicon Valley, where there's this huge homeless problem because the rich have driven up the cost of living there, the price of uh, homes, everything, that the homeless are, are everywhere. 
And to make a buck, what people who don't have money do is sell their blood, sell their plasma. So you, in this case, the business model of this business is to attract young, healthy, desperate, poor people to come in and drain their their blood, have their blood drained for a price, I'm sure a piddling price, but it's something to them. And that this company sticks that stuff into the into the desiccated veins of old despicable rich people because they think these transfusions, which they pay $8,000 a liter for, will help give them youthful energy. What's the difference between that and vampires? They're now drinking our blood, essentially. By the way, uh, there is no, no research which shows that the infusion of young people's plasma into an old person's body is going to do anything. But when you're rich, you can give it a shot. So this despicable company bleeds these poor people and gives them who knows what. What do you think they give them? A hundred bucks? I don't know. Maybe a hundred bucks. Big money to them. Then they turn around and they stick that into some old person for 7,000 bucks. Nice business model. I can see where it passed muster and must have had a lot of other rich people wanting to jump on board, have a stake. Modern-day vampires. Oh. Ha! Ray. Right on. Ray, you know, the one who loves the British royal family so much. Uh, our friend Ray has written in, How about the recent reports about Prince Andrew? You know, Prince Charles' younger brother. He also, Prince Andrew, who was married to Sarah Ferguson, remember? Remember? Prince Andrew, how about that? Having participated in the Epstein sex trafficking and having thrown around the N-word in, uh, in private palace communications, uh, Ray says, blood will out. Oh, we got a theme going here, blood. I, yeah, okay, blood will out. Well, I'll tell you what outs there. The stupidity. Um, this, not to mention the, the vapidity, the stupidity, and the the moral vacuum, the vacuousness of uh, this particular royal, Andrew, uh, Lord Almighty. We now know he's a pedophile, mostly because he said he wasn't. And uh, against anyone's advice, giving an interview in which he so clearly um, 
was incapable of defending himself. He befriended Epstein after Epstein had gotten out of jail the first time. It's, it's, yeah, it's just cringe, cringeworthy. So I guess, Ray, you're not one of the Americans who are avidly watching the new season of The Crown. Hmm? Oh, dear, 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 dear. Let's see what else I got here. Oh, I want to mention this because, you know, so much, the fact that I only work four days now, a lot happens every minute in uh, Trump's America. But uh, so a lot happens Friday, Saturday, Sunday before I get to talk to you again uh, on Mondays. And I wanted to talk to you about Nikki Haley. What an operator that one is. Keep your eye out. I'm amazed actually um she clearly is and could well be come she is angling to be the first woman president of these united states she can't do it this time unless something untoward happens but This aider and a better and apologizer for Donald Trump wants to sell herself as somebody who's somehow unsullied. I saw um, somebody had put together, some journalist, television journalist, had put together uh, a number of Nikki Haley's remarks about Donald Trump before he got the Republican nomination. She was not in his camp. I believe she was a Rubio supporter. And she said, and they played for her what she had said about Donald Trump. And it, it sounded like what I say about him. About his despicable behavior, his vulgarity, his uh, xenophobia, his racism, his unfitness for office, blah, blah, blah. She said it all. How she wouldn't let her children even listen to him. What a horrible, how she, I mean, how can she teach her children uh, the proper way to behave when a president and she watched all her former, and actually had the, I guess this would be called political poise, to sort of laugh. Ha, well, you know, the president is who he is. And now I guess that's okay. He's an older man, she said. He won't change. And then she said she thought and knew him to be a truthful person. Quote, Haley, In every instance that I dealt with him, he was truthful. He listened and he was great to work with. 
So add Nikki Haley to the list of Republicans who've made the calculations and have decided they'll sell their souls. They'll sell their souls for political power. They'll say what they have to say. They'll laugh at things they used to say that are the exact opposite of what they now utter. Here again is the child, me. I cannot believe there are so many people without principle. In this world, and who are so able to look us in the eye and, and lie. It's so transparent. It's chilling. It's chilling. Roger says about bleeding poor people to give their blood to the rich. He says, are we living in the movies Get Out or The Hunger Games? Ah uh-huh. That's why Get Out was such a great movie. Yeah. Maybe the HBO show The Watchmen. You know what? Name it. It's some terrifying dystopia. Yeah. The Hunger Games for sure. Talk about reality imitating art, says Roger. Or is it the other way around now? Sorry, but my head has been spinning a lot lately. So, um, I'm wondering whether to to go here or not. Oh, well, let's do it. Uh, There was a piece in uh, the Washington Post, I think, um, yesterday. And this is the kind of piece you have to pay attention to. So that in three years, we don't say, but I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Where did they come from? This is a piece written by Christine Emba. And she... She's tapping us on the shoulder and pointing something out. I'm sure you saw how Trump Jr., uh, you know, he's off on a book tour uh, selling his, uh, his, his book, Triggered, How the Left Thrives on Hate. Um, and he was giving a speech at, um, I think it was UCLA, uh, a week ago or so, and um, he got heckled. Well, yeah, shocking. He's at UCLA. Of course he's going to get heckled. And he was being booed, and he assumed, and anyone else would have assumed, that he was being heckled by, right, 
leftists. I mean, I shouldn't have said right because that confused you. Being being heckled by lefties, right? <coughs> left, right, left, right, right. No. Trump Jr. was being heckled by people who are to the right of Trump. And what this column is about is pay attention to that. Because the next wave of American conservatism, that the hecklers, those people, to the right of Donald Trump. And these guys are flat out white nationalists, flat-out white nationalists. So what this piece says is don't kid yourself. Right now, within the conservative, what, what's called conservative, it's not conservative. It's radical, it's reactionary, and it's fascistic. The Republican Party is weak, and it is so weak it was taken over by this idiot, Donald Trump, this showman, this carnival barker. And now there is a growing flank on the right, emboldened by Trump, the haters, the racists, the nationalists, the fascists. And they are organizing and they're feeling strong enough that they actually were heckling their beloved president's son. And what this writer posits is this emerging conflict is a symbol of how deeply the Republican Party has deteriorated from within. There's no center there at all, and I don't mean that literally. There's no center there at all. And there is no longer enough credibility for the what's left of that party to remain intact, but it is not yet clear what will come next. The sense that that party could make its way back to the center is, I think, only a fool could buy that. The people who are on the right of the Trumpers are, um, have a lot of sort of leaders, one of whom is a guy named Nicholas Fuentes. So, you know, may, I don't know if that's the first time you're hearing that name, but listen, who knows? He might fall and have somebody else replace him. But he is a white nationalist, white, white nationalist, on YouTube, and according to this writer, the Republicans and the rest of us ignore him and his cohort at our own peril 
because this new iteration of American conservatism is dangerous. And this is what the GOP has wrought. By electing Trump to the White House and then backing him no matter what, despite the lies, but the crime, the grifting, all of it, they have relinquished any claim they have to still being a Republican Party, you know, of conservative values. Gone. Gone. Under these Republicans, the national debt has ballooned incredibly. They're bleeding our treasury. They don't believe in a free market. They don't even believe in the Constitution. And their version of Christianity would make Jesus cry. So what they got left are tribalism, nationalism, white supremacy, fear. That's what the Republican Party represents now. And peddling in false realities. And time, getting up every morning is what Republicans do, trying to figure out how to take down truth, how to fudge fact. So she points out that you know Trump doesn't care about any of this, of course, because he he has allegiance only to himself. But those responsible for the monster that now inhabits uh, the White House, those responsible for where they venture from here, that is what passes for the Republican Party. And if they are not taken down, then God help us. Uh, actually, when it comes to the poll, I mean, uh, you know, what, when voters have gone to the polls of late, they haven't followed uh, Trump's lead. Two red states we've seen now gubernatorial elections, both states that Trump went into and personally on election eve told the red state voters there to give me a win, and twice they didn't. So Kentucky, a red, 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 red state, now as a Democrat as governor. And Louisiana, as red a state as you want, now has a Democratic governor. 
I mean, a Democratic, he's in the Democratic Party, he might be pro-gun, pro, he's like Democrats around here, a lot of them. Pro-gun, anti-abortion. So the fact that Trump goes into these places and doesn't get the win, I don't want to make too much of it, but I bet it doesn't make the despicable members of the GOP too happy. Oh dear. Okay, what else we got here? You know, it's weird what I you know, on any given day when I see I pulled that out to talk about. What was I thinking? I want everybody to commit suicide. I can't get my uh, my thingamajiggy back here. Um, okay. Oh yeah, and Barbara is pointing out how Trump's now turning on Pompeo because the State Department is a huge, huge department. Almost everyone in it hates Pompeo's guts. It's not like he can control them. And the heroes we see, these people who are probably destroying their professional careers, that are going to testify before the impeachment inquiry, despite the fact that Pompeo told them don't, Trump told them don't, and they have. God bless them. And so Trump now, is furious and uh, he has confronted Pompeo for not being able to block these guys the ambassadors and such from testifying uh, it is reported that he said to Pompeo you rein your people in well why do you think he went to the hospital? He could be, like, seriously freaked out. Maybe he's having panic attacks. Maybe his anxiety level has... Maybe he's, you know, threatening God knows what. I, I don't know. I don't know. He increasingly is... He will have nobody around him except who? Stephen Miller. And others of that ilk. And I suspect you have seen these emails that, uh, that Miller wrote to a reporter at Breitbart um, in the, the two years ago that are just obvious indicators that he's a white nationalist. And what's so amazing about that? He was born a Jew. White nationalists don't like Jews. Does he not know that? They don't consider him white. He must be the most effed up human. He must be the most self-hating Jew around. He is the most loathsome creature 
filled with nothing but hate. Except that he seems to want to be part of the very group that would take him out in an instant. It's, it's, if anybody ever figures out that tortured, sickening soul. But that's who Trump, so that's, that's who's around him. And I am praying that Sondland on Wednesday will, I don't know, I don't know, if I, you know, what do I know about Sondland? I don't know the guy. What I know of him is that he's also a vile uh, person, bought his way into a position he is wholly um, unprepared for. He paid a million dollars to become the ambassador to the European Union and then got put in charge of this Ukraine thing. Ukraine is not in the European Union. And he knows nothing about nothing, but he's being a you know a bag man. He's doing he's doing his thing for uh, the president. But this guy was a guy who's used to being a top dog, looked at as a successful man, apparently really enjoying all the trappings of uh, political and geopolitical power. But do you think he wants to go to jail? At this stage of the game? What? He's in his 70s easily. He's known nothing but the best. Private planes and cushy lives. 800 thread count sheets. The best food. You think he wants to go to jail? He's already perjured himself. And on Wednesday, if he doesn't backtrack on a whole bunch of other stuff, he will perjure himself again and again and again. And if he knows history, I mean, if he knows how many of the men around Richard Nixon Big men, strong men, successful men, powerful men like him went to jail while Richard Nixon did not. He doesn't think that might play out again. So it'll be interesting Wednesday. That's the testimony I want to see. Because my sense, my bet, is that Sondland is not... Well, he's, he's in a predicament, right? Does he go down by perjuring himself and end up in jail? Or does he go down by telling the truth and facing the wrath of Donald Trump and the Republicans. Either way, he's done. 
And he's got to know that. And if he doesn't know it, he surely has an attorney who's telling him that. Trump might not get convicted because we got a, you know, the Senate, the jury's packed. But Gordon Sondland doesn't have that protection. I don't know. So. Um. I I'd seen in the corner of my eye little stories about this, but hadn't paid attention. And then I finally did this weekend read something. My God, the entire Florida orange industry, which is huge, isn't there um, license plate? Doesn't it have an orange on it, or is that somebody else? Or am I thinking of Georgia with a peach? I don't know. I mean that's. That's Florida's huge industry. It's going to be gone. Gone. 90% of Florida's orange groves are gone. And this is because of a bacteria that they don't know how to contain. Guess where it's from? It's a gift from China. And it does not allow an orange to ripen. So you've got 90% of Florida's orange crop gone. Such a huge industry. I don't know. I just wanted to point out there's something else that's happening. And another thing I want to point out that I saw that blew me away you know, um, wounded uh, veterans are exploited all the time for political gain. The thank you for your service, thank you for your service crowd while they, you know, eviscerate VA programs and all this kind of thank you for your service thank you for your service but you know what we'll let you die um, a lot of the injuries uh, suffered in the in Iraq I know with the IEDs where somebody managed to survive they maybe survive but they their legs are gone their arms are gone their um, and, and, and often, you know, they lose their, their manhood, their, their private parts are just blown away. But they live. It's not an unusual outcome. So there are a lot of people who, Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice and George W. Bush and Rumsfeld sent off to that unnecessary war, which has created more horror. And they don't show up as dead. They were, no, they're not dead. They survived. 
So I heard or read, and this is amazing, and I'm so happy for sometimes medical breakthroughs are so amazing, but at Johns Hopkins, one of the well, well over a thousand of USGIs who suffered this kind of an injury was given a, get this, a transplant. This is the first one of its kind. You know, we've we've already seen facial transplants. We've seen hand transplants, all these things where we think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And yeah, now they successfully performed a penis, scrotum, and lower abdominal wall transplant on an American soldier. And amazingly, it's worked. Totally. They say the guy has full sexual function, full urinary function. It's all working. And I I read that. I thought, whoa, can you imagine? That's pretty amazing. Roger Stone, I didn't mention him. How much you want to bet he'll be pardoned? Hmm? You see who uh, Trump pardoned this? He pardoned a bunch of murderers that were in the army. Enraged the Pentagon because there is a military system of justice. These guys had gone through it. They had been convicted. They had been sentenced. They were doing time, a lot of time, for killing civilians, for ordering their people under them to kill civilians, for conduct that amount to war crimes. And Trump, of course, commander-in-chief, pardoned him. So yeah, Barbara is suggesting the two figures in his campaign who most directly colluded with Russia now both convicts, Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, they refused to cooperate with Mueller. They did the perjury thing. They were in the same position that Gordon Sondland is. And they took, they took the bullet for Donald Trump because they know about the collusion. They know about the stuff Mueller couldn't get out of them. And they went to jail. Will they be pardoned? It's just a criminal enterprise. An extraordinary criminal enterprise. And then did you hear about, Jesus, the, um, I think, pretty conservative radio host in, uh, where is this, in Colorado, somewhere? He's in the middle of his three-hour talk radio show um, on Saturday, and all of a sudden he's not on the air. 
He doesn't even know it. He's bap yapping into his microphone. But what he doesn't know is the station has shut him down and have put out network programming. And eventually the program director, you know, storms into his studio and just says, you're done. What had he done? He'd criticized Donald Trump. This is a Denver station. And, you know, this is a station owned by right-wingers who only allow a certain reality. And this guy had gone beyond it. He was actually willing to entertain the thought that things Trump had done and had come out in the investigation uh, looked, looked bad. So the people who just shut him down mid-show, mid-show, are not talking. They've destroyed all evidence that this guy was ever there. All of his shows have disappeared into the ether. Apparently they're trying to say it's because he appeared on some other network, another show somewhere else. Um, but his contract showed that he had the right to do that. God. So, and and it's not, you know, listen, this has happened before, actually in my hometown of Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is as red as they come. Um, a guy last year who was on, you know, one of the, these stations are propaganda entities. And a normally right-wing conservative talk show host in Green Bay actually started to waver a little bit and said a few things that were critical of, uh, of Trump. He's gone. He was fired. And the fact is, is you can do that. I mean, you serve. As we find out, people serve ambassadors, serve at the pleasure of the president. Uh, people in broadcasting serve at the pleasure of their employer. And so if, and if the employer sees their station as a propaganda arm of a certain political party, then, well, that's just the way it, that's the way it is. So this has um, happened before, but you'll see more and more and more of it as the United States becomes increasingly unrecogni unrecognizable. Hmm? I don't understand it. I mean, I don't recognize it in any real way. And the hate just keeps on coming, guys. Syracuse, way to go. Syracuse University. I guess they've suspended all fraternity activities on campus until I don't know when. And this is just the latest incident where some black woman walking on the campus was accosted and assaulted by uh, with verbiage. One can only imagine. There have been at least 10 racist incidents reported just this month at just this 
American University, Syracuse. Oh yeah, swastikas appearing on on all kinds of uh, doors and dorms, slurs against blacks, slurs against Asian students. Syracuse. Last year, um, you might recall, there was a fraternity at Syracuse where um, a video surfaced with all these guys uh, like taking a pledge or something and uh, the pledge was so extraordinary. <laughs> it was filled with racism, homophobia, anti-Semitism, every hate known to man. And they, they it actually, it's a six-minute video. It included a pledge that the fraternity guys took, the pledges pledged, to always have hatred in my heart for, and then they didn't say black people, they used, they didn't say Jew, they used, they didn't say Hispanic, they used racial slurs for all. And one student uh, in the video act flat out says that uh, Jews need to get in the showers. There have been some student protests, obviously, about this, but what's most chilling is the um, statement of a 17-year-old freshman who said he was really upset with what has happened on campus, but he's most upset, and here's his words, the general apathy I see from the majority of the student population here regarding all of this is frightening. That's a smart 17-year-old. He understands that every bit is scary as the swastikas and the videos and the taunting of, of uh, minorities on campus is the going about their business, I got things to do, apathetic, ain't about me response from the majority of students. And that is, of course, the lesson that supposedly we were to have learned after genocides happen. That the only, the only way that evil people get to, get to do their thing is for good people to look the other way. I think we are seeing signs, um, literally, in this country that any rational person not giving to 
normally to being fearful and I'll I'm I'm going to say that I think typifies me I am not somebody who's easily scared I am increasingly feeling fear about where this country is heading um, and it's not just this country which makes it more worrisome it's all over Europe now um, and you know we don't we're not paying attention so it's not just this country it's in Italy it's in uh, France you paying attention to what's been happening in Italy no I know There's an 89-year-old woman there who lectures sometimes. She is a Holocaust survivor. She was 13 when she was deported to Auschwitz with her family. They did not return. She somehow managed to survive. She now travels with a police escort. She's 89 years old. The Milan police insist that she have an escort because she has been threatened. She's outspoken. She has been a lecturer at universities. And you know what she's a lecturer for? She's a lecturer for people being nice to each other. What she learned from her experience was hate doesn't work and so she tried to set she was made an honorary senator for life uh, many years ago and she has used that position to try to uh, teach uh, students that in her words haters are people that we should feel sorry for well uh, Her son said she is not afraid, but she is shocked. Last week, a uh, black soccer star for an Italian team, who also has the misfortune of being raised, uh, he was adopted and raised by a Jewish family. So he's not only black, but he's a Jew, double whammy. But he's a real good soccer player. He... Now when he plays is targeted by racist chants. Um, last week in Verona. And then the mayor of Verona. What did he do? He defended the fans who taunted this black Jewish Italian soccer player. The mayor of Verona, Italy, said, those weren't anti-Semitic cheers. I mean, Hitler chants are just kidding around. Italy is looking at a surge of nationalism that hasn't been seen since Mussolini's time. 
Italy has never really come to terms with what they did with their Jews because they deported um, almost all of them. 7,000, that's all that were there. And uh, the vast majority never made it out alive. 733 Jewish-Italian children uh, were sent to Auschwitz. So you've got 89-year-old Jewish women needing police escorts in um, in Italy now. We have had, uh, you know, well, I don't. I, all I'm saying to you is, pay attention. Um. Because the hair's on the back of my neck. And I think Jews have special hairs because, you know, through the genetics of mil millennia of having to run, they're starting to stand up. And make no mistake, if Donald Trump, especially if Donald Trump wins re-election, There's no telling what will happen. There. I'm done. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do this, frankly. But for today, I'm done. through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.